0: Tonight on Huckabee, U.S. Congressman Byron Donalds, the dazzling illusions of Shimchi, Mama Phillips and her mouth-watering fried pies, crossover country and pop artist Bree Carter, that's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection, and I'm your announcer Keith Bilbrey. And-
1: Well, first of all, we want to pay tribute to a wonderful Christian gentleman, Pat Robertson. As many of you know, he passed away this week at the age of 93. He was the founder of the Christian Broadcasting Network. Most people know him from the 700 Club. What many people don't realize is what a visionary he was and an incredibly savvy business guy who built out of absolutely nothing an extraordinary Christian television network and a force Uh, for getting the gospel out to the world. In addition to that, he created Regent University. And if you've ever been there, it is a magnificent campus and a highly credible school with uh, its own law school that have produced senators and governors and congressmen and all sorts of leaders. So we pay tribute to a life well-lived. And as I said this week, I really believe the first words he heard in heaven were, well done, good, and faithful servant. Pat Robertson, 93. God bless him, and thanks for the impact on our world. Well, it has been quite a week for people to get into the race for the Republican primary for president. I mean, within a 24-hour period, Chris Christie, Mike Pence, and North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum all joined the growing field of those seeking the nomination. Heck, I might even jump in myself just for the fun of it. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not going to do it. Nope. Just kidding. Just kidding. You know, a lot of the people running are good people, some very good, and most are personal friends of mine, although I don't know all of them. Now, given how Joe Biden has taken the country off a cliff and he keeps pushing the worst of wokeism, including barbaric assaults against sanity regarding protecting the unborn, or even recognizing the difference between a man and a woman, quite frankly, I'll gladly support the nominee of the GOP every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I do think Joe might have a real fight on his hands if the media would treat Robert F. Kennedy Jr. with the respect that he deserves. And uh, give him a hand. By the way, we are working on getting RFK on this show. And I think he will be here with us maybe next month. And I'm looking forward to it. Now, while we differ on many things, I got to tell you, I highly respect him for being a voice that is unafraid to take on the deep state and the unholy alliance of big government and their allies in the private sector, as well as the abuses of power that we are seeing at the highest levels of what is supposed to be a non-political and unbiased justice system. This week, we've seen an outrageous indictment intended to destroy Donald Trump, despite the fact that the American people seem to be wise to their hateful intentions. And with each new persecution of the former president, his support numbers actually go up instead of down. It kind of gives me more faith in the American people. With so many truly good people in the GOP primary, I'm often asked why I continue to support Trump. Now, I gave most of my reasons a few months back on this show, and you can go back online and watch it. But there's another reason that compels me. If the collaborative effort of the self-serving deep state, all these thugs, along with the crazy far left and the utterly discredited and disgusting media, if they're able to destroy Donald Trump through legal harassment and lies, then what do you think that same gang is going to do to the next Republican nominee? I mean, do you honestly think that they're going to ease up and play fair? Don't be a little delusional. Like sharks, they will smell blood in the water and they'll only get worse. And right now, Donald Trump is the only one of the bunch who has been able to withstand the nonstop, unfair, and sometimes criminal assaults on his every breath for the past eight years and still stay on his feet and keep fighting. Now, it also concerns me that many of the candidates, even those with solid credentials and convictions, might be beholden to the donor class if they get the nomination or win the election. Don't ever forget that the big donors in the political world all want something. They don't give millions of dollars without knowing it'll buy them some access and most likely favor if the recipient of their largesse wins. Donald Trump and perhaps Vivek Ramaswamy are the only candidates who are not wholly owned subsidiaries of a group of big dollar donors. I'm not saying those guys are bad, it's just that they have to have those big donors. There are probably others who will get into the race before all of this is settled, and that's fine, because this is America, and the process is and should be open to anybody who meets the qualifications. I don't dislike or disrespect any of the other Republicans in the race. And hey, if they capture the nomination and if they're pro life, and believe in the simple realities related to equal justice for all, they'll have my support. But I hope that we all remember that the primary is ideally not a demolition derby among conservatives, or else we're gonna be doing the work of the crazy left and the media and doing it for them. And they don't need our help in destroying freedom, faith, and family, because they're doing that all on their own. Byron Donalds represents Florida's 19th district in the U.S. Congress and recently had an opportunity to do something none of us have done. That's view the classified documents surrounding the criminal pay to play scheme that put $5 million from Burisma in the Biden's family pockets. Please welcome to our show for the first time in Nashville, Congressman Byron Donalds. I'd say, Congressman, there's been quite a lot going on this week, and you saw something we didn't see, and that's that Forum 1023. What can you tell us, from having been on the Oversight Committee, which has now become maybe the most important committee in Congress, what is it that you saw that makes you think there's something here?
2: Well, the first thing that I saw, and this is more processed than anything else, the FBI had us review an unclassified document in a classified secure facility in the Capitol. So let everybody, let this sink in. The only way members of the oversight committee could see this document is that we had to go into the SCIF to read a document that the FBI says is not classified. The top of the document says unclassified report. That's number one. Number two, it's very clear that the confidential human source has direct interactions with several people in the orbit of the Burisma uh, executive, contact, whoever, and that has very granular details. The first detail is that the Burisma, the Burisma uh, exec or Burisma person, they refer to Hunter Biden as an idiot several times. They wow. say he's stupid, but <laughs> we have to have him in because we need, he's the conduit to Joe Biden. They say in the document that... Um, that there was a reference of, I think the, the confidential human source goes, well, maybe you should stay away from the Bidens. Maybe you should go somewhere else. Okay, go somewhere else. Go do it another yeah. different way. And then Boris makes like, no, this is the best way we think to do it. The money essentially has already gone. And that it's moving through several accounts that would take investigators 10 years to find out how it got to Joe Biden. At the end of the day... It's a pay-for-play scheme because they needed Joe Biden in his position as then-vice president to put pressure on the Ukrainian government to fire the prosecutor that was looking into Burisma. And yet, this
1: week, Donald Trump is being indicted because he had some papers at Mar-a-Lago. Joe Biden had papers next to his Corvette in his garage and even Mike Pence, a good guy, had some papers at his house. Donald Trump's indicted for that. What are we supposed to take from that?
2: Hunter Biden's now been under investigation for five, six years. So this investigation is taking forever to come to a conclusion. Meanwhile, with these documents, they started doing this investigation seven months ago. They've been moving at warp speed in this investigation. But when it comes to the Biden family, it's a slow creep and a slow grind over years Um, that's the problem, I think, that that the American people are really seeing here, is that they're saying with Hunter Biden and the laptop, which they had, by the way, the FBI had this information about this from their confidential informant with Burisma. They've had this information now for seven years. Seven years. For people who have not read the Durham report, the Durham report is crystal clear that there are elements of the FBI and the Department of Justice who pick and choose when they want to investigate, how aggressive they choose to to investigate, and it is beyond a shadow of a doubt that with respect to Donald Trump, they are choosing to be overly aggressive in their investigation, in so much as in front of the grand jury, having attorneys testify to divulge attorney-client privilege between them and Donald Trump. I'm just stunned that there's not an outrage.
1: Nobody in the media is, is upset about this. I mean, the only people I see really worked up are guys like you and James Comer, the chairman of the Oversight Committee, and the people who uh,
2: have been elected by the people to look over this stuff. Well, look, the media is in the tank. Let's let's be perfectly clear. They want the radical Democrat agenda to pass. I was in D.C. My oldest son was with my youngest son. They went to the urgent care because he had a fever. My son had to call me in order for me to authorize the doctor that she could go through the examination of my child. But you got districts who say, oh no, it's totally fine to change a child's gender without telling the parents. That's how radical this agenda is. The media is in for the agenda. They want the agenda. So anything that would slow it down or stop their preferred candidates from winning, they're either going to ignore it, which is what they do most of the time with Joe Biden. They call it disinformation, which is what happened during the 2020 elections, or they look for any other issue to distract and to move the eyes of the American people towards.
1: That is very frightening. There's going to be a lot more for us to discuss with Congressman Donalds right after the break. Don't you dare go away. We're just getting started. We'll be right back.
0: Still to come, the cutting-edge magic of Shimshi. Then later, we pay tribute to a special artist community with Our Kind of Town. Don't go away. And sign up for his free newsletter and follow at
1: on Twitter. And hey, welcome back. We're talking to Congressman Byron Donalds. He is uh, representing the South District of Florida, but he's on the Oversight Committee, which is a critically important committee. Mm-hmm. You know, I- I've been stunned that the. Uh, the agencies that the federal government have stiff-armed you guys on the Oversight Committee as if they can tell you to go pound sand. I mean, you have a constitutional duty and obligation to oversee the things that are going on in the government. And when they tell you that, nah, we're not interested in complying, what do you do with that kind of stuff?
2: Well, me personally, my attitude is to fund them. Good you see, you. the people Take are the ones away. who fund these agencies, not the other way around. Yeah. And so if you're not going to comply with requests of information... And this is serious. If you're not going to comply with requests for information from the elected representatives of the people, then that means you don't need my money. Good for I you. I got to keep this up real simple, I man. Like I'm, a, I'm a city kid. I'm from Brooklyn, yeah. New York. At the end of the day, if I'm giving you money and you're not going to answer my questions then that means you don't need my money.
1: And I wish some of these guys were mowing yards instead of running federal agencies, because I think we'd be better off if they were. It's crazy. We just went through this terrible debt ceiling uh, stuff, and I understand that we didn't want to let it default. Mm -hmm. You were one of the people that said you just couldn't vote for that. Right. Walk us through what were your reasons in saying,
2: I'm not voting for the debt ceiling bill. Well, for me, it's very simple. Uh, the debt ceiling bill will allow for the United States to be another $4 trillion in debt on top of the $32 trillion we already have. And in my view, the cuts associated with this $4 trillion raise, roughly $12 million in cuts in the first year, it's is just not enough. Yeah. If you, I'm, I used to work in banking, okay? I'm not concerned if you borrow money. But there has to be a consistent way that you can demonstrate you can, one, pay me back, and two, your operations are stabilized, whether that's in a business or in a family. In the federal government, the spending is out of control, and Washington has no muscle memory to say, man, you know what, we are spending a lot of money. Maybe we should trim this down. Hmm. So in my view, if you can't be disciplined in your normal operating business, then I'm not going to support you going out to the markets and borrowing more money. And that's my position. How can we get you cloned? How can we get a few (laughs) more people to think like you're thinking? So I I think you have a lot of, you have more members who are coming to D.C. who think this way. And I think that it's going to become more apparent. But there is this this existential, I think, battle in Washington. It's really an existential battle for the country. Voters have to start understanding. If you want a government that provides a military, that provides benefits, that does all these various things... You need a government that's lean. You need a government that is fiscally responsible. That way, it can continue to do these things into the future. If voters don't take that seriously, why would politicians take that seriously? Yeah. And the second part is, I do believe in term limits. I think that we need to have a, a washout of members across the board. Time to go home. Yep. Time to go home. Yep. But, but this presidential election is, is crucial Because we're now at a point where our fiscal uh, problems are really going to start to impel our nation's operations. In 10 years, under Joe Biden's plan, interest on the debt will be the number one line item of all things we spend money on. Bigger than Medicare, bigger than Social Security, bigger than our military. Interest on the debt.
1: The fact that anybody thinks that makes sense is just beyond me.
2: Well, look, I totally agree But again, what Joe Biden did is he abused separation of powers. This uh, student loan bailout is unconstitutional. He did not come to Congress. But the problem we have in Washington, and frankly in media and largely in politics, is he has become accustomed to going around Congress, and there are no repercussions from people out at at large saying, this is wrong, you should not be doing that. And then the only time you can really remedy that is with budget appropriations, and at elections.
1: Final question. Do you think the Oversight Committee will get to the bottom of all of this scandal involving the Bidens and the bribery? Mm -hmm. Are we going to see something come out of it that will ultimately result in
2: accountability? That's, I think, what American people would like to see. Uh, Yeah, I definitely believe so. I think that we're going down that course. The big difference between us and the way Nancy Pelosi ran things is Nancy Pelosi picked her target It was obviously Donald Trump. And then he was guilty until proven innocent. What we're doing is we're going through the process of getting the actual evidence and presenting that to the American people and actually building our case. And then when the case is made, it'll either be members of Congress to our actions or it'll be the American people in the next presidential election who will render that verdict. At the end of the day, we are we are a body of by and for the people the people are going to have to choose which way they want our government Mm -hmm. to go. My hope is that that they choose the right way.
1: I sure hope so, and I hope you're a big part of it because you are one of the most articulate and thoughtful people I think we've got in the Congress. I hope more people like you show up and get elected. It is an honor to have you here. Thank you for coming and joining us on the show, and I look forward to many other conversations with you on that very couch. Please come back. Absolutely. Congressman Byron Donalds. Now, for our audience, if you want to follow the congressman on social media, we have all the links to him, both officially and to his campaign, at Huckabee.tv. Right now, Keith Bilbury is standing over there all by himself, and boy, is he ever really anxious to tell us what's coming up next on the show. Oh, I am. Prepare
0: to be amazed. Magician Shimshi is after the break. Then later tonight, a musical performance by the very talented Bree Carter on Huckabee.
1: Welcome back. British theologian Thomas Fuller wrote that we never know the worth of water till the well is dry. But there are poor people in many parts of the world who know only too well the worth of water because they just don't have it. My next guest has devoted his life to providing them with safe, clean water. That's why he is this week's Huck's Hero.
3: Seven years ago, my daughter came home from school and told my wife and I that she wanted to go on a trip to the Brazilian Amazon. So we quickly decided that if she was gonna go on this trip, one of us was gonna have to accompany her, and that became my job. So while in the Amazon, I saw things I wasn't prepared to see. I saw people that were far from God without hope. I saw people that were drinking from a filthy river and they thought that was normal. I had no idea at that point what God would be doing in my life or in my family's lives. I certainly had no idea that 11 years later, we would have served hope to over a million people around the world. In that place is where God breathed life into the bucket ministry. And in that place is where he showed me why he created me.
1: Please welcome the founder of the Bucket Ministry, Christopher Beth. Great to have you here, Christopher. You you. You know, I, I hear people talking about a bucket list. First time I've ever heard of a bucket ministry, but this is phenomenal. And this little device right here is able to filter even filthy water, like we're looking at.
3: Absolutely. That device there will provide over 20 years worth of clean, safe drinking water. That device, 20 absolutely. years. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's manufactured in the United States. And uh, that we use as a tool to meet a physical need and to be able to preach the gospel.
1: I mean, you really earned the right to talk to people about the Lord because you give them something they've never had, absolutely. clean, pure water. The World Health Organ-
3: Organization cites that 785 million people lack access to something that I've taken for granted most of my life, and that's clean, safe drinking water, mm. which is more than twice the population of the right. United
1: States. Now, this is some pretty filthy water. You've got it all mudded up with stuff. Let's see it work. I'm, I'm right. absolutely amazed so that little device gonna to do it. So we're going to
3: tip this down. Okay and we'll start making a little bit of clean water. So what's happening now is all the water from this bucket is going through the filter. The filter is trapping all the contaminants. It's filtering down to the bacterial level, and it will yield clean, safe drinking water that... Um, many people that are forced to drink out of
1: a river or a lake or stream—that's their only access. This will make it clean. You're telling them. me this water came out of this bucket? <laughs> Absolutely. Because that looks pretty clean. It Absolutely. really does. Absolutely. And I find it just amazing. So, I mean, it looks clean. Is it actually drinkable? It is. And as educated people, we
3: yeah. know that it's not the things generally in the water that we can see that are going to make us sick. It's the things we can't see. Right. So we have drank the nastiest water all over planet earth because we have to be sure that this gift that we're giving people is going to help them.
1: You know, and and I love the fact that it's it's all about getting the gospel. So you're able to say, just like your life can be filthy, it can be made clean.
3: Absolutely. It's a great illustration, Governor.
1: You know, it's such a, Powerful thing. I think Trey should try a sip of this water. And uh, I had a feeling that's what you were You gonna knew it like. was going to happen. See, I trust him. I'm good. It's good to go, man. Ah, the faith of a child. <laughs> wow. It's actually very good. I would have done it, but I'm going to have some fried pies later, so I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking I don't want to do all the cool things in the show. This is pretty awesome. One thing I want you to tell me, the three non-negotiables that you have with the bucket ministry, what are they?
3: First and foremost, Jesus Christ is going to be proclaimed in the distribution of filters and in the follow-ups of filters. That's why we do this, is to preach the gospel and then to disciple those people that come to faith and direct them to local like-minded churches. Second one is data is going to be collected from the recipients. Because, Governor, we want to show our donors, our partners, where their resources are going. Hmm. So we collect data, and we're able to connect those people with the very recipients of the filter. And then lastly, that three follow-up visits will be done by our indigenous missionaries or pastors. And so what that looks like is they go back the first time, seven to ten days after they get the filter. Another two weeks later, and another two weeks later. Because what the filter becomes is a key that starts a relationship. And they're invited back into the home to develop relationships, and we earn the right
1: to be able to share the gospel. It is a powerful ministry. And I have a feeling I hope that many of you will say, I'd like to be a part of what this guy's doing and what the bucket ministry is all about. And you can. And it's one of the most amazingly accountable ministries I've ever been acquainted with. It's why Christopher's Arhawk's hero if you want to learn more, if you'd like to help the vital work of the bucket ministry, maybe that's on your bucket list. Just visit Huckabee.tv. Right now, that tall drink of water, Keith Bilbury, is going to tell us what he's got coming up next on his bucket list.
0: Well, buckle up. We're going to Bell Buckle, Tennessee after the break with Our Kind of Town. And I have a special guest to introduce you to. That's coming up on Huckabee. TV and get your very own made in the USA. Alchemy
1: mugs, t-shirts, and more. Welcome back. Well, summer is here, and I'm in the mood to head somewhere that's loaded with down home charm. And it looks like that Keith Bilbury and his wife, Emmy Jo, have found the perfect place. Hey, Keith, tell us about this special installment of Our Kind of Town.
0: We took a delightful trip to the heartland of Tennessee. Welcome to Charming Bell Buckle. One of the main reasons tourists love visiting Bilbo, other than its really cool name, is its southern charm and vibrant antique scene. And the town's main street is lined with quaint shops, boutiques, and eateries, making it the perfect place to spend a leisurely afternoon browsing. You'll find treasures around every corner hungry? Well, be sure to check out the Bell Buckle Cafe, where you can indulge in some delicious down-home comfort food that'll leave you satisfied and smiling. Oh, and make sure to try some of their famous lemonade. And there's more to Bell Buckle than just great food and shopping. The town is home to one of the greatest model train displays in the South. I mean, it's off-the-rails fantastic. There's also a vintage-size, full-size railroad caboose right in the center of Love art? Well, Bellbuckle has lots of talented local artists, and some of them are actually pretty famous. And get this, the internationally known web school calls Bellbuckle home bringing world-class scholars in from around the world. Take a stroll through the neighborhood and see some of the beautiful vintage homes. Then head on over to Bluebird Antiques Ice Cream Parlor for ice cream and some of Mama's legendary fried pies made with love by Mama herself every day. The biggest draws to Bell Buckle are its famous annual festivals, including the yummy RC Cola and Moon Pie Festival, which celebrates the love of these iconic Southern treats. So if you're looking for a relaxing getaway and some of those delicious fried pies, which is a with ice cream, then a little slice of heaven is the perfect destination. So come on down and experience the hospitality and Southern charm that makes Bell Buckle, Tennessee, our kind of town. Now, Governor Emmy Joe and I fell in love with Mama and her delicious pies. So, Emmy Joe and I decided to kidnap her and bring her to the studio to make you something. I'm telling you, nothing beats Mama's fried pies when
1: they're fresh from the pan. Well, I don't even doubt it. And you may have broken the law to kidnap her, but I'm personally glad that you did, Keith, because I want everyone to welcome to the show Mama Nancy Phillips. Yeah great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Can I just call you mama?
4: You certainly may.
1: Because, you know, you make these things like my mama made fried pies. You know,
4: that's the greatest compliment.
1: Well, it is for me to tell you that because she made some fine fried pies and I can't wait to find out how to do it.
4: All right.
1: So what's the secret?
4: Okay. The secret, first of all, we take a little piece of dough Mm -hmm. and we put a little flour on it. We pick up our rolling pin. Okay. And we begin to roll to make a circle.
1: Okay. Got to flower that surface. Get you better good believe
4: there. it because if you don't, you're going to miss.
1: There we go. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's going to stick and stick and stick some more. All right. Then we're going to take this sophisticated top. Mm-hmm. This is my cutter. So we take that. And we cut it. All right, there's our beautiful little circle.
1: You save that dough because you can use it later.
4: You better believe it. I'm very conservative.
1: Good for you. (laughs) You're at the right place, Mama. I'll tell you now.
4: Okay, get a good amount right here and
1: put it right in
4: the center. Yeah, let's not
1: cheat them. Let's get some good goo in there.
4: You better believe it. And what kind is this? This is Blackberry. You know where those blackberries come from? Where'd they come from? Up the street from our store, right there in Beville In Beville, Paul, Buckle, Tennessee. In and picked by our t- boys and girls that work for us.
1: That's pretty cool. So this is really, this is home cooking at its finest right this here. This is a
4: family affair we adopted. I love it. <laughs> All yeah. right, we take our little fork mm-hmm. and we put it in our flour like this. Okay. And we crimp it.
1: Ah, that's what makes a good fried pie look like a fried pie.
4: That's exactly right. You know there are people in
1: America that have never had a fried pie?
4: I run into a few of those every once in a while.
1: I think there's something wrong with them, don't you? (laughs) I do. They don't live in the right part of America. If if you haven't had a fried pie, you need to move south. That's all I'm going to tell you. Governor, Tyler had never had a fried pie. Tyler, our own saxophone player. You've never had one? You're going to have one tonight, my man. (laughs) <laughs> it's about stinking. We're time. gonna see that you get one. Yeah. If I don't eat them all, I'll let you have part of it
4: <laughs> So I... how hot
1: is the grease that you get? All right,
4: it's 380 Fahrenheit.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. You're gonna let it cook. You're gonna flip yes, it, I guess, here in a We're minute. Flip you know, it while this is cooking, I I'm so excited. Next weekend is the RC Cola Moon Pie Festival in Bell Buckle, Tennessee. That's right. If that ain't South, there ain't nothing you south. You better believe it.
4: Whoa. It was called the poor man's lunch during the de- after the Depression
5: mm-hmm.
4: because you could get an R.C. and a... Co- and uh, Moon by. pie. Moon pie, thank you. Moon pie. You could get it for a nickel. Wow. So it kept a lot of people from going hungry for lunch.
1: Now, well, you've already made some while this I is cooking. I certainly have. Should I try is- one just to oh, be sure I- yeah, you are okay? You
4: better, because, you know, quality control is very important.
1: I would think so. I... Again, it's a sacrifice somebody's got to make.
3: You notice he gave me the water to drink, and
1: he gets the pie. You're catching on, Trey. That's great. <laughs> you, oh, man, this is good. I'm those great. are the blackberries, right? Yes, in your yes. Community. Right,
4: you better believe. Mm. And mm. our little pie cooks here. It's gotten brown on one side, and we're doing the other side.
1: And you just let it get brown, and you know you're done.
4: That's right.
1: Drain it. And then get and the line lined up. By the way, can I tell y'all something? Mama is almost 88 years old. She's been making pies since she's nine. That's nearly 80 years <laughs> of making fried pies. Thank you. So, for those of you who are looking for something fun to do next weekend, July, June the 17th, make the trip to Middle Tennessee for the RC Cola and Moon Pie Festival in Bell Buckle. We got all the info and the links at huckabee.tv. By the way, make sure to stop by Bluebird Antiques and enjoy your very own fried pie from Mama. Now, Keith, this show can't get any sweeter, but I'll have a little pie to prove it.
0: Uh, where's one for me and Trey? Hey, you bet it can, Governor. Up next, the studio is the sweet country sound of Bree Carter. Don't go away. You're watching Huckabee. Five, four, three, two, one. Fatal Join Huckabee next week for U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham and Christian rock band Love Song.
1: You know, one of the great things about doing this show is the great music that we have, and a lot of that is because we just happen to have the best band in America. And a band leader, Trey Corley, who is willing to drink water and let me eat the pies. I think we ought to give him a big hand. Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. Brie Carter is no overnight sensation. She grew up on the church choir in Charlie Pride. She served in the Army, got a doctorate in theology, and only after losing her father in 2014 did she pursue her lifelong dream of being a country music singer-songwriter. Now she's breaking out big with her CMA Fest debut, her first chart hit called Gave Him a Girl, and her critically acclaimed debut album, Brand New Country. Please give a great big welcome to Bree Carter. That you're here. I'm so happy to be here. Well, you know, your music is great, but I love your story. I mean, you went to the Army, and at what point did you say, you know, I think I'm going to be a country singer-songwriter. I mean, that's a big jump from military to that.
6: You know what? You're absolutely right. I think when I was a little girl, I've always loved entertaining. I grew up in a church choir mm-hmm. in Louisiana, and I just knew it's always been a part of me. And back in 2014, when my biological father passed away, it's something God just led me to do in music. And I said, I got to go for it. You know, we only get one one life to live fully. And I went all in with music.
1: Well, it's really working out for you because you're part of the uh, CMA Fest this weekend in Nashville. That is a big deal. Yes. Uh, This new album, Brand New Country, is just out with some great songs on it. You're going to be doing one for us here in a few minutes. What, what is it you hope to be able to convey with your music? Because I know that it's not just music for you. It's also a faith journey and an expression of all that you are.
6: Yes, Governor. I tell people, I say, I'm a God lover. I don't put my religion or my faith on anyone, but I don't run from it. I'm mm. only here by <laughs> God's grace. Um, but I want to say you're amazing. I appreciate you having me here. And I want the world to know that I think oh, that you're cool. straight up country crazy.
1: Oh, I love this. Straight <laughs> up country crazy. Yes. Otherwise known as... Suck. Suck, yes. Yeah, but in a good way.
5: (laughs) In a good way. In a good way. Straight up country
1: crazy. I think that pretty well defines me in so many more ways than people would ever (laughs) want to know. I heard that when you were a little girl, your dad used to sing to you every day... The song by Charlie Pride, Kiss yes. an Angel, Good Morning.
6: Yes, sir, Kiss an Angel, Good Morning. I grew up listening to the late Mr. Charlie Pride, Patsy Cline, and I just, I loved it and it's always been a part of my heart and soul. And you grew and up just, in
1: Louisiana, right? I grew up
6: in Louisiana. I'm a Louisiana girl.
1: Yeah. So what is it that when you think of the artists that have influenced you the most that you just listen to and it it, it just gets you to your soul? Who is that?
6: Um, there's a couple, the late, uh, Miss Loretta Land that passed yeah. away, you know, Patsy Klein, the late Mr. Charlie Pride, Dolly, you know, T- uh, Tammy Wynette. I listened to mm. a lot, um, Tina, um, Tina Turner that just yeah. passed. So it was not just country. It was country. It was a little rock, a little soul, definitely a lot of gospel, yeah. but it, it's just honestly the old traditional stuff where they sung from their heart and the stories, you just, you just knew it and you just lived their life and you could just feel their pain and you could feel their joy as well.
1: And Brie, what I love about all the people you just mentioned, these are people who are so unique that the moment they said the first few words of their song, you said Loretta Lynn, Patsy Cline, Tina Turner, that's Tammy Winnett. You knew who they were because they were so unique as artists. Yes, sir. And they, they, they will live forever through their music, and I hope you do, too. Thank you. I'm so happy that you are here.
6: Thank you for having me.
1: Now, while Brie gets ready to perform something very special, Keith Bilbury is going to tell all of us how we can get her great music, and I promise you're going to want to.
0: Just go to Huckabee.tv for links to Brie Carter's new album, Brand New Country. Now, performing her version of the Charlie Pride classic Kiss an Angel Good Morning with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection and Mike on bass, here's Brie Carter!
5: to me. some old friends on the street they wonder how does a girl get to be this way i've always got a smiling face anytime in any place and every time they ask me why i just smile and say Good devil.